busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. I think I discovered something that low-key a lot of us probably suffer from, but we didn't really put two and two together to get that actual four. <sighs> okay, so at this point, I, I think that we all heard of the term delayed gratification. And some of us <laughs> were thrusted into delay, delayed gratification because of our upbringing and maybe you had a frugal parent or a parent who just didn't have it, um, however that goes, right? And i just been kind of muddling over that. So let me just give you from my perspective. I grew up with a single mother for a majority of my life. Until so my stepdad came around when I was about 12. And so things were really tight. I, I'm talking about like girls who pulled their hair back too tight and that ponytail and their edges is coming out. Yeah, tight. Okay. And so there was no such thing as me getting the, the newest and in the upcoming, like when my friends were walking around with the new pair of Jordans, I was rocking the Payless. You know, in the further back from New York, I was rocking the Buster Browns. Um, like Payless knew me by first name. I had all the loafers, all the everything. It just was, she went to Rainbow before it was Rainbow. We went to the $10 store, got the $10 matching outfits. While everybody else had a check mark on their clothes, I was like, what's that? Did you get a good grade? Like, what's this, what does a check mark mean? I was so oblivious to all things the name brand and all things the awesome that uh, I didn't realize until I started getting bigger and my clothes started saying the same size. And I was like, mm, why are people making fun of me? You know, the high waters and all of that. So it wasn't a matter of her being frugal more so than it was that she did not have it. You know, she was a single mom to two children. And, you know, I'm coming up like, hey, can I get a new pair of sneakers? And she's like, you just got a new pair two months ago. And I'm like, yeah, but the way that the Jordans keep releasing and people are getting them back to back. Like what, you know, what's going, why can't I be a part of that crew? So I just settled in all things. Okay. I'm not going to have the Timberlands. I'm going to have the boot with the nail in it that I have to probably, you know, kind of cover a little bit with my baggy jeans so that people don't realize, Oh my goodness, those are not Tim's, you know, how fast can I walk before y'all identify that's not a name brand boot. <laughs> that was what you know came from my childhood and then smack on top of that she was frugal my mother so you know I couldn't come to her with can I get a hundred dollar pair of sneakers I'm sorry for two of your feet that I grew in my womb why do I need to pay somebody? No, not happening. So she would give me like, here's your, you know, your limit. You got $50, $60. And so that started me saying, well, if it's $100 in my size, it's not $100 if I go three sizes too small. Hence me being a part of the, oh, Corn and Bunions crew. Somebody should have helped that baby out. I, I was a struggling grandbaby. Somebody should have came and helped. But we're going to go ahead and just let bygones be bygones. Somebody going to try to get upset. But now that I'm thinking about it, like, seriously, okay, can somebody tap me on my shoulder and say, ma'am, what are you doing? And she saw that I was wearing sneakers too, 
two, three sizes too small. And she was just like, you want to mess up your feet? Go ahead and mess up your feet. No, ma'am. I'm trying not to get made fun of, okay? And thank God that I live in an era where crisscross can make you jump. So my parents are super baggy. So people can't see that I'm walking on the outsides of these shoes. But I need you to come in and put that 60 and go ahead and add another 60 and let me get a shoe that's my size. Why did I have to wait to seventh, eighth grade to get my first pair of Reeboks and I wore them everywhere, including church? But I digress. We ain't going to talk about that. So for me, I learned delayed gratification from childhood. I learned being super duper duper frugal also from childhood. But I think that if it's not gauged, it will start to look a lot like delayed happiness. And let me just really ease into this because I I really want to make sure that I'm articulating exactly what's in my mind because this is like fresh off the press. And I'm like, I need to share this with you and I need to hear my thoughts out loud kind of thing. Sometimes you can write things down. You're like, okay, this is what I'm trying to say. For me personally, as I talk, I'm like, oh, that's where I'm trying to land and get to and and whatnot. And that's why I love our conversations because I literally come in with one idea and leave with a whole nother like, wow, that was pretty dope. So I went ahead and looked up what delayed gratification meant. So I went on this website called study.com and it says delayed gratification refers to the ability to put off something mildly fun or pleasurable now in order to gain something that is more fun, pleasurable or rewarding later. They gave the example of you could watch TV the night before an exam or you could practice delayed gratification and study for the exam. More of an example for me, just putting it in real time, trying to go ahead and just, you know, um, no, you can't buy that expensive purse. You can't buy those pair of shoes, even if they are on sale, because you're delaying that gratification now so that you can pay off a particular debt so that you can save up for that vacation so that. So in my opinion, delayed gratification is simply if I had to put it in a formula, it is essentially Holding back what you want now because what you're saving up for later or what you're aiming for later is way, way bigger of a payoff. You know, you can go ahead and buy that $80 pair of boot, shoe, whatever, $80 purchase. You can do that now. You have the option. You have the $80. Okay, that's it's not a, per se an impulse buy. You could go ahead and do that, but... If you were to go ahead and pay off that $80 to a debt, then now the the debt amount is coming down. Your credit score is looking better. So in retrospect, the shoe and it being yay for an outfit doesn't yield as much thumbs upism is a word that I'm making up now for you actually paying off the debt and accumulating or incurring the positivity of paying it off and the credit repair and you you see it's just like wow okay that I get more for my buck I get more for my $80 if I were to pay it to the latter you see what I'm saying and so essentially all my life I've pretty much have done that I have put away, I am naturally, because I believe that it's two people in the world, you're naturally a spender, you're naturally a saver. I am naturally a saver. I am naturally, I can 
hoard a little bit if I don't allow myself to listen. You can go ahead and buy that extra smoothie. It cannot be that serious. But that just comes from a little bit of experience of having a whole bunch of oh my goodnesses happen in my life where after a while you like, mm mm, I won't ever, 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 ever be caught um feeling like I'm ill prepared for something. So my rainy days fun turned into a but how much rain you expecting? Like you expecting tsunami? Or you see what I'm saying? It's like, I mean, it's cool, but you don't live in a tropical climate. So what do you, I don't really understand. And you don't live a tropical life. So why are you kind of like holding on for like hurricane tornado? Like, I don't understand. And it wasn't until recently that I started kind of thinking about certain things. And I'm like, man, I don't like the fact that delayed gratification being exposed to me, being a part of my life experience has kind of silently worked this way to becoming delayed happiness. There is a difference with having delayed gratification because there's a responsibility attached to it. You're trying to make sure that you're not impulse buying. You're trying to make sure that, no, I have a goal and I want to meet my goal. But delayed happiness looks a little different. And i tell you where that comes from. So when I first met my husband, we talked about everything just to make sure that he and I were on the same accord and that we wanted to make sure we were pretty much in it for the long term and that we made sure we dotted every I that we could and every T, cross every T that we possibly could to make sure that we aligned not only where we were at, but where we saw both of ourselves going individually and collectively. And so we talked about stuff like, in-laws living with us what, what, what was our view on that what was our view on company coming over the home because I'm gonna go ahead and tell you now pause let me just go ahead and say this I am not the one where the house is jumping I am I am not the one we always have to be hosting something okay I'd rather go out pay for whatever event hall restaurant corner VIP set whatever we need to do I need to do it out there because I am the type that my home is literally my oasis I am not the one that I want to come home and it's like oh my husband's friends are all here you see what I'm saying like that's just that's not the home that I want to come home to and when we were on we were pretty much like identical in all areas. And then we got to the area of how do you feel about pets? And we both went ahead and we, we declared how we felt about cats. I, I don't want to offend anyone that has a love for cats, but let's just say we look at cats like, um, you know, they may or may not be the devil's pet, but you know, whatever, just our experiences, you know, don't, don't hang up, you know, let, let's just keep it smooth and cool. Let's just keep rolling. And we talked about dogs. And both of us came from a place that we were like, mm. we both had a childhood dog that we loved so much. And for one reason or another, the dog had to be put down. For my husband, his dog was an outside dog. I learned so much about asking questions now is it's, it's amazing but he had an outside dog his dog stayed in the dog house in the backyard dog eventually got worms and had to be put down my dog was a apartment dog and he we moved maybe a couple of years after having him to a house so he was up and down the stairs and what have you and he started getting old and arthritis and I think maybe slightly a little senile because he started like withdrawing and getting like really aggressive and what have you and so 
I think there was an incident where I was pregnant with my son and he was extremely jealous. It was just really, really bad. And so we had to wind up calling the hound to come get him because I couldn't get my sister out of the room because he was guarding her like I was the enemy. It was like I could not go in the room and get my baby sister. It was ridiculous. And so my sister at the time was like maybe like four or five years old. And so I'm like, okay, this is slightly ridiculous. Um, so I called my mom. I'm like, hey, I can't get in the room to get her. He won't let her off the bed to come to me. What do we do? And so I had to call someone to come and get him. And he was so aggressive. They had to like, it was just a horrific scene. And so fast forwarding through that, that was so traumatic for me that that day, literally, I went into labor with my son. Like, that's how, yeah, it was a lot because I had to clean up blood because he was biting on the little leash thing that was around his neck that the hound person came in. And it was enough for me to say I will never go through this again because it was, you know, I had this dog for so many years, like almost a decade. And you, dogs become at that point like family. You know, anyone who's ever had a pet to that degree, you're like, listen, I know it sounds crazy, but like this is one, <laughs> like this is my kin. I'm not even going to hold you. And so I remember saying, you know, we both made a declaration when we were dating my husband and I. We were like, yo, we don't want any more pets because it was just that pressed upon our hearts. So we were like, never want to go through that again. Like it, it was sad. And. I think re maybe within a year or so, I've been kind of playing with the idea. Like, hey, maybe when we're empty nesters, you know, I think I may want a dog because as the kids are getting older and they're becoming more independent, it's like, you know, this is around the time that mothers are like, all right, I want to get it. I want to have another baby, <laughs> you know, just kind of like start that process because at least I can speak for me with mothers and sometimes maybe with fathers. I don't know, but I could just speak from the gender that I'm you know, well-versed with, you have this thing of like, oh, man, they're growing up. They don't need me as much. And it is this like, mm, it, you know, separation kind of, not separation anxiety, but more so of like, I want you to be independent, but I still want you to be dependently my baby. And so some people are like, listen, no, grow up. You can have a nice day, at least for me. Every birthday is a little bit of sadness attached to it because it's like, man, you know, you're this close to going to college and having your own life, and it gets me a little misty-eyed. So I remember having a conversation with my husband. I said, I don't even want to put myself through the agony. I'm going to need something to need me. <laughs> like, I'm, we already discussed no more kids. Have a nice day. So we're cool on that. But I need something. And so I kind of just like in passing brought up a dog name and when I said it he was like I like that I was like yeah and then I started doing research on all right well what kind of dog would I get because the seed was planted some years ago from this insurance agent person that loved her dog and I was just like oh yeah I used to be a dog person but not so much and she was like why I said because they shed and I don't you know they smell and she was like well get you a hypoallergenic dog you know dogs that don't shed as much or not at all and she was giving me a wealth of information that I didn't even know was a possibility and I'm like really there are dogs that she's like yeah and you know you can choose them from their temperament what kind of dog that you have you know I have this kind of dog because I needed this kind of um, temperament for my lifestyle and you know my uh, and she just gave me again she took off the fish scales from my eyes that I didn't even considered I didn't even know there were breeds and temperaments and 
I just thought you get a dog, it stinks, you got to stop it from barking and doodling in your house. I mean, you know, just Frank, that's just what's my experience. And so I kind of piggybacked off of that. And I was like, well, after my husband agreed with the name, I said, well, let me look up, you know, this breed and all this other stuff that this woman did say some years ago. And in that research, I was getting excited and like happy and you know, it was sparking some type of joy. And I'm like, okay, sidebar, got the spark joy thing. So I've been watching um, Tidy Up with Marie Kondo on Netflix. You have to just see it for yourself. She pretty much has it where you will live a life that you're like, listen, if it's not sparking joy, I don't want it. And then you'll find yourself with two pair of shoes and two spoons in your house and then realize, ooh, maybe I went overboard. But go ahead and check it out for yourself. So if you hear me say sparking joy, you know where I got it from because I don't want to plagiarize because I went to college and I know how frowned upon that is. So resume. So I'm like, okay. And when it started sparking joy, I asked myself in that moment, why would I wait to be an empty nester to fulfill this level of happiness? Why would I wait to all the kids are out the house and I've, you know, I'm at an elderly age or, you know, older than what I am now and all these different other attributes that I was like, time out. I think that I am delaying happiness. And when I kind of coined that term because I did research and I'm looking every time I tried to look up delayed happiness it always kept bringing me back to delayed gratification and I'm like no it's not the same thing it's not that I am waiting um, or delaying or putting off something now for a greater reward later it's it's there's no reason why I would go ahead and delay wanting to get that experience with the dog and all of that I I didn't see the reason and so it made me kind of look at other things and I'm like Why do we have it where we're like, okay, for our birthday, that will be the time that we, you know, live it up for the day or go on that vacation or do whatever. Why is it that we're at certain jobs and we know this is not the job that we're going to be in long term, but, you know, after we pay off that student loan, then maybe we'll go ahead and get the job that's a little bit more friendlier on our stress levels and our emotional and mental health and all these different things. Now, if that's your plan, then that is a good plan, but it's like, I just look at it like this. If God gave you this canvas called life, where there's certain colors on there and it's some things on there, but he gives you the freedom and the paint palette to add your own spin on it, to put your own colors on it, why would you wait to paint? Why would you wait to paint this beautiful life that you could, could possibly have now? And I didn't, I had to wrap my mind around that. I'm like, I don't want to hide behind the cloth of delayed gratification, thinking that I'm doing a good thing, when in fact, I'm actually delaying me living what the Bishop DeVal said, the best life. And so I went on this journey of like looking up things and the breed and all that stuff that I've been telling you. Because once I get excited about something, I become drenched in it. I want to be well versed. I do not want to have, oh, I didn't know that. I become a student of whatever I'm excited about. And I just couldn't find a reason why it was why are you delaying it? Like my husband and I went, we actually went to certain stores and was like, okay, what does dog food, what does that price look like? What does this look like? What does, you know, if we had to go ahead and get a trainer, what does that? And we, 
I looked up breeders and looking at the best reviews and, and, you know, don't get a puppy from a puppy mill. You can do rescue, but if you're going to go ahead and do a breeder, make sure that it's this, that. And I looked up all of it and I was like, I don't want to wait. I, I don't want to wait. There's no reason. It's not a financial setback. It's not that I have small, small babies and I don't know how to incorporate. It's not that I'm nervous about, you know, would I be able to love long term? It's not any of that. So I I had to literally get out of this shell of like, what else are you delaying happiness in? This is not a pair of shoes. This is not like, what is it? Like, I have my dream car that I want to want at some point. Not expensive, not something that's outrageous. I know why I'm delaying that because there's, a a process that I want to take I want to eventually give my car now that I have to my son and doing all that kind of things but it's just like it just made me wonder what are you delaying in what what are some things that is happiness for you that you're delaying in and I remember seeing this video um, and I followed this guy, this motivational speaker called Eric Thomas. And he has a podcast that from time to time I kind of get snippets on when I go to his Instagram page. And just giving you a real condensed version, one of the guys on there said that he was working with this lady named, I think, Mary or Miriam. But I'm just going to call her Miriam. So he was working with Miriam. They were in the police um, field career path. And he used to travel all the time. And, she, you know, she was just so enthused by that she was vicariously living through him and she was like you know oh you know take a lot of pictures and when you come back I want to see the pictures and so he would come back and look and she was like oh I'm writing down a list of all the places that you show me that kind of excite me and um, when I retire I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to just do a, a bucket list of all these different places and she was so excited and Miriam went ahead and retired and within 30 days her husband came back up to the forest and um, was getting ready to I guess get some paperwork from one of the officials and he told the guy because he asked him like how's Miriam doing I know she said she wanted to wait to retirement to go ahead and and travel and do all these great things and the husband looked at him and said she passed and I was like man and so that to me is an idea of like why delay the happiness we all hear life is so short, you know, you never know, all these different things. We hear it, and I think in some regard we adhere to that, but I don't think we live that way. You know, it's not a thing, don't delay happiness. If you want to order that greasy fat meal, you know, go ahead and eat it and, you know, just corrode your body. And No, but it's stuff like if you want to vacate more than once a year, then do that. You know, it may not look like Dubai the first time. It may look like you're traveling somewhere, maybe California Beach, maybe, you know, Puerto Rico. It may be within the U.S. Who knows? But you may want to feel like, I want to fly first class somewhere. And I don't want to wait until, you know, I have hearing aids to try to do that. You can treat yourself without mistreating your current circumstance. And I really want us to get that. I want us to understand that it's like, why do we need to see rest in pieces and sleep in peace on any social media platform to realize, man, you know, I want to live it up. And live it up is not always a financial thing. 
It's not ripping and running because you want to take proper care of your body and your finances and you, you, you want to be responsible. But it's more so of what is that thing that is in your heart to do, maybe on a more simplistic level than what you're currently thinking, that you're putting off for no other reason but just being used to putting things off because you've lived a life where you understood delayed gratification. So you may have miscategorized it and said, oh, okay, well, I'll do this then. Why? Why wait then? If it's not impeding your current circumstance in a negative way, if it's not impeding your finances, uh, whatever that is currently in your plate of things now, then why are you delaying it later? Why? I, I just think the goal needs to be more than financially living it up. Dubai is not the only place to vacate. Dubai is not, you know, there's other places that on a small scale, it can feel like paradise to you. You don't have to put it on the gram and feel lesser than because you living it up in some beach in Florida. That doesn't mean that you're less than even if you do live near Florida or what have you. And you may have conditioned yourself to believe, well, this is not really a vacation, but maybe you need a weekend getaway where you go ahead and feel presidential for the weekend. You you get a suite and you, you do things that feel like I would have never done this on any other given weekend. And you treat yourself. Go ahead and get the plush robe that it comes with and all the other different things. Do that. I don't want us to get to the end of our lives and see that we delayed more than we actually indulged. And, and and that's what this whole thing meant to me. When I was kind of looking up information with the dog and all of that, I'm like, man, I, I don't I don't want to tell myself no anymore if I don't have to. I'm very disciplined. If I say I'm getting ready to do something or I'm going to go ahead and embark on a journey, guess what? Then I'm embarking on it and I'm definitely doing it. You can count on me to say that I'm going to do something and to follow through most of the time. I'm human. Sometimes I don't have the, you know, the the energy or the determination to carry out a thing. But for the most part, if I said I'm going to do something, then I'm probably going to go ahead and do something. <laughs> it's just the way that I'm wired. But my challenge to you is what is the thing that you're delaying that you don't have to delay to later you just been conditioned to believe that you're practicing delay gratification I don't want us to see that we are purposefully living and making decisions on a lower level just because I don't want us to go ahead and see it could have been more, um, but we decided to live a lesser than. And I'm all for not having the flashiest car because my car has been paid off for I don't know how long, and I could go ahead and go on this mean streak of saving so I can get the car that I want within two years, but you know what? That's not priority to me right now, and that I'm okay with. I have a time frame. By the time that my son is this age, I want to do this thing. So I'm clear on my whys for certain things. But if whatever you're delaying, if your why is just really kind of determined on a just because, then I don't, I don't think that you should delay. And I pray that this conversation serves as a catalyst to inform you that, yeah, it is the mature, more responsible thing to delay in certain aspects. 
But I don't want you to delay to the point that you rob yourself of joy. I don't want you to delay to the point that you see other people in lesser situations living more abundantly than you. And I don't want you to look at your situation like, well, if I had more, if I had more, you can make more of what you have. I promise you. I promise you would be surprised that if you just sat down and looked at your budget, that if you just sat down and really looked up vacations that were on sale and different things, how you can squeeze some joy that you're like, you know what? I'm glad that I did that. I needed that. Life is not just this continuum of paying bills, going to go make a, going to work to make a living, keeping the house in order, and then wash, rinse, repeat. It, it, that, it has to be more. Enjoyment. Are you living in joy so that it means something? It's what enjoyment means to me. I want us to get to a place that we realize while I'm still breathing, I want to smile and I want there to be joy and I want there to be purpose behind my joy. And I'm not going to wait for a bigger income bracket or a bigger tangible item, i.e. house, car, what have you, to then say, I will be happy when. I remember when my children were younger and I was like, man, I cannot wait, you know, because they were sleeping every, I mean, for so long, you know, the newborn boredom is like boring. And then you have it where you're like, you know what, I can't wait till they at least start walking or at least start talking and you start rushing along this process. And now if I'm honest with myself, having children who are way older, I think that the best age range, at least for me Outside of waking up every two to four hours, you can have a nice day. But once they start to go ahead and sleep through the night, and not even that, even when they were just way newborns, I love the age zero to two years old. And I didn't think that I would ever, ever say that because that was one of the hardest. Like, who wants to get up? Your, your breasts are engorged because you're you know, feeding, nursing, what have you. Who would, who would think that terrible two wouldn't have been that bad? But it, it's like, I hate that we live life forward, but we only gain the wisdom in retrospect, in hindsight. And I've always been, and you've probably heard me say it before, but I've always been the type that I'm like, I don't want hindsight to be my only teacher. And so from someone who had a conversation from the onset with their spouse and said, hey, we're never, ever, ever going to have pets because of a situation that or experiences that we had prior. And then for that to grow into, you know what, I'm probably going to need something. Um, once the kids, once we're empty nesters, it will be weird. And I'm going to raise my hand. The reason why it would be weird to me is because I've been a mom since I've been 21. And so to me, I don't know that as big as my heart is, as it, I don't think that I would adjust well to being a mom full time to not having anyone to mom in the home. You see what I'm saying? I know myself well enough that it's like, no, I'm going to have to pick up a hobby or two or three or nine, which is why I was like, no, you're probably just going to need something else to be responsible for. Because I could already see the remnants of it. When my children go to somebody's house uh, or, or my son goes to New York to visit the other side of the family or there is this low key sadness. I don't cook as much. 
I don't want to do nothing. And I experienced it every single year. So I knew, yeah, you're probably going to need to do something, which led me to, but what would be that something? (laughs) And then that's when I kind of stumbled into, well, let me start looking up some things and kind of get myself familiar on what what I can possibly indulge myself in. But you know what these conversations are. They are life-provoking conversations, conversations that you're like, you know what, I would not have looked at it or even given it a second opinion or, or thought until you said something. You know, I remember just another little side piece real quick. I remember because my hair has always been super-duper long. Like, if you ever looked at any of my social media platforms, it my hair's all over the place. I'm short, long, but for the most part, my hair's always been long. I remember saying, yeah, when I get older, probably menopause, I'll go ahead and, you know, shave my hair shorter, and I'll be bold then. And that was one of the reasons why I went natural and then went tapered and, and shaved because it's like, again, why wait then to experience something that can make you happy now if it does not impede anything that you're responsible for currently? You see what I'm saying? So I want you to have that same mindset. I want you to have that very same thought process. What is it that I am putting off that I had camouflaged and categorized it as delayed gratification, but what it really is is delayed happiness. And I want you to peel back the layer of it and really, I mean, go two-year-old in it. Ask why until you get to the foundational reason why you did it. Why do you have to wait that long? Why did you make yourself you have, why did you make yourself believe that you had to wait that long? What is it that that is connected to that makes you a little bit uneasy? Did you do research to make yourself feel a little bit better about it? I mean, really get to the nitty-gritty of your why and then get into a posture that you tell yourself, I will never again consciously tell myself no and make myself believe that it's delayed gratification when in reality I'm actually just suppressing my ability to make myself happy. I want to let that sit. Do you see what I'm saying? Okay. So I feel like you got what you needed. And that's my good, good nanny says, all right, I ain't going to hold you. Go ahead and make yourself happy. And remember what I said, enjoyment I want you to go ahead and go back and listen to because uh, I don't want to chop up what I said, but enjoyment. I want you to write that word down. I want you to see it visibly in your space. And really, really, every time you tell yourself no or try to make an excuse, I want you to double back and say, mm, am I suppressing my ability to be happy? Am I suppressing my ability to feel joy in the moment so that it means something? I want you to go ahead and do that. And I know you can do it. All right, talk to you later. Later.